0: Matthew 11 and 30 says this, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. King James Version says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I've thought about this and I've wondered with this scripture, is it challenging or hard for a lot of us to actually walk in a gentle place with God? Have you ever thought about how did my upbringing, my culture, my relationship with my family, how has that impacted my current relationship with God? Can you fathom and really see what it's like to have, to be yoked with Christ? Can you imagine what it's like to actually have a burden that is not heavy? Because Christ said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some of us, because we have worked so hard, or we've only known relationships from intense situations, we don't know what it is to be in a gentle one. We don't know what it's like to be in something where someone else is carrying the load. So we begin to question what God is saying, I want to handle you with care. I want to handle you with gentleness. Because he says, my yoke is easy. And my burdens are light. Can you handle being cared in a loving and gentle way? Let's talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am so excited that you are here. It's me, your girl, Jennifer Jefferson. I'm the voice behind Conquering Me podcast, where we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Jesus. And if this is your first time here, thank you. And if this this is your second, third, or umpteenth time, or if you're one that listens to every podcast, I appreciate you all so much. Listen, I was uh, just really pondering and thinking about the gentleness that God has with us. And I was thinking about the scripture and we're going to go in the main scripture focus that we're going to go in today is going to be Matthew 11, um, 25 through 30. And my heart was really heavy because There are so many people who are carrying heavy burdens. When I say heavy, I'm talking about intense, heavy. They cannot really go throughout their day-to-day life. Now, some people are really good because they have great coping mechanisms. They talk about how stress and depression and anxiety displays itself in several different people. Um, I read this article where it said, um, specifically Black Americans, Black women, they display depression in a different way. I said they, as in um, I myself a, am a Black American woman. But we display depression in a different way because we don't take the time to stop. We still keep going. And it's kind of like it's more of a high strong type of look, which is very interesting. And so most of the time when we look at depression, we think people who are not function, people who are just, um, just very sad and it's more obvious. And so I'm just giving this example because... We all display, regardless of your race, regardless of where you come from, we all display heavy burdens in different ways. And I thought about how, how has our upbringing, let it be from... Let it, you you're a you were maybe you were raised in a very religious household or not or maybe it's your ethnicity or maybe you grew up in a very strict culture or you didn't. but all of these things, how does this play into our relationship with Christ? I had a wonderful counselor it was some years ago and I remember she asked me a question and I was in a point in my life where I would I just felt like I kept hitting a wall. I just felt stuck. And I remember before seeing her, because I prayed about where to go, who to see, you know, I remember talking to my mom and she said, you want to talk to someone who has your beliefs. And at first, I didn't understand why that was so important, but it was nothing but God. Um, First of all, I'm grateful that I listened and I'm grateful that my mother gave me that advice. But when I started uh, counseling, when I started my therapy session, this was once again, years ago, I... um. I remember just having these beautiful prophetic moments with her right then and there. Because yes, she was a licensed therapist, but also she was a minister. So there were times where the Holy Spirit would just drop things into her spirit. And she would ask me a question. And she asked me this question, is being a child of God enough for you? And I was like, no, no. And at that time, I didn't understand what it meant to truly be a child of God. Now, because that's why I say this is years ago, God has thankfully matured me in a lot of ways. And I'm still learning what it means to be a child of God. I'm still learning what it means to even walk in that. What are the full benefits of of being his child? But at that moment, I didn't see it. I didn't see what it really meant. And so what what am I saying this? I realized that to be a child of something, there was always this hard labor work that came with it. You know, there was this high level of responsibility. It, it, I didn't see the full picture and the beauty of being someone who is a Christian. I saw that yes, I I have now, I now have salvation. Now I can see Jesus one day, right? But what does it mean to live life here on earth? Part of the promises of being a child of God is saying that I can take on this idea of what Jesus said. And it's not not an idea, it's a promise. It's what Jesus says, that my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. And Jesus was saying this in his prayer, giving thanksgiving to the Lord, to God himself, for those who will choose him. So one of the promises that I have and that we have as as children of God is saying that God's yoke is easy and his burdens are light because why? Jesus is carrying the heavy load. But because I saw, and here's the truth, so many people of faith in my life who were strong prayer warriors, who were just so faithful in church, I saw them carry a lot of burdens i saw them have to work themselves hard just to obtain a lot of things so for me i looked at being as child of god with a lot of heavy weights and burdens does it not does it mean that we don't have responsibilities no we have responsibilities we have to carry you know the bible says pick up your cross and follow him but here's the thing there was a disconnect and how I saw my relationship with God because of what I saw in the natural. So for some of us, it's hard for us to be handled with care. Maybe because you have experienced some form of trauma. Maybe your household put a lot of emphasis, even though it was a good house, right? It may have been a house that was full of love and full of support, but boy, you better work If things didn't happen, if things didn't, you know, if you don't make it happen, it won't happen. No one's going to give anything to you. I'm pretty sure some of you will have heard that. No one's going to give anything to you. So if I've had this seed in my life that is being raised up, right? I'm being raised under that mentality of no one's going to give anything to you. So what happens when God is trying to give something to us freely without a sacrifice. There are some promises of God that are conditional. And then there's some that are not, that he just gives because that's his character. Can I truly receive that? Do I feel worthy of it? Like, God, I thank you for choosing me. Can I be handled with care? Matthew 11, 25 says this. And I'm reading from the NLT version. And it says this, it says, at the time Jesus prayed this prayer, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, for revealing them to the childlike. I love that. Okay, let me just put a pause in here, okay? Please, please, please. I absolutely love that. For revealing them to the childlike. Remember, Jesus wants us to come to him as children, and I'm asking us to now take a moment to rethink of our childhood and how has our childhood positively or even negatively impacted our current relationship with God. There is a childlike faith that he desires for his children to have. Where we depend so much on him. We seek him so much. We ask him so many questions. The Lord has blessed my husband and I to have three children, and our youngest is five. Honey, when I say that boy asks questions after questions after questions to her, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'm sitting here like, I don't know what to, I, don't, I, don't. I literally am in a car like, Lord Jesus, this boy won't stop asking questions, and I have no idea how to answer it. And sometimes, and I'm trying my best not to shut him down, right? I'm trying my best and sometimes I'll say, "You know what? I don't know. Let's let's look into it." I remember I learned that lessons from my oldest child. He would ask me questions and I'm like, "You know what? Um, let's Google that." <laughs> Cuz I had no idea. But we're supposed to be so curious about God. And also we're supposed to have this childlike faith to where we just can believe the impossible. You know, my five-year-old, he's talking about he wants to be a skater, a superhero, and uh, have a whole bunch of kittens and puppies all around him for his birthday. This boy be asking for everything under the sun for his birthday. It is just this faith that he knows that mom and dad are going to make it happen. So once again, I want you to go back to your childhood as we're talking. How has your childhood impacted your current relationship with God? And specifically, how has it impacted your ability to be handled with care? Let's go to verse 26. Yes, Father, it is pleased, it pleased you to do it this way. Verse 27 says, My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father. No one truly knows the Father except the Son. Those to him the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, come to me, come to me, come to me. I love that. Come to me. It was, it's like a clarion call. He is calling us to come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. We're going to keep reading, but I want to pause here. Some of us, Because we were taught to figure things out out on our own, we don't even know how to go to people. I was having a conversation with a loved one and after hearing the conversation and, and, and she was talking about her childhood and I remember in there, basically from what I heard, I was like, you were the responsible child because there was issues with that was going on with the father at the time, her older sister at the time, and her younger brother was young, but even as he got older, made some interesting decisions. But she was the responsible child. And so sometimes even as being the good child, you don't want to put any more burden on your mother or a loved one. What you want to do is, I'll figure it out on my own because she has to help so many other people. So, so many things, if if it was placed on us or if we picked it up, how did this impact impact our relationship with the Lord? He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. What is God saying? Jesus is saying, there is an exchange that I have for you, but you have to come to me first. There is an exchange that I have to to say that you don't have to carry this heavy load like this. And this is what he says in 29. Take my yoke upon me and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30 says, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. I am concerned that so many of us don't know how to really be in this gentle rest with God. And yes, that takes time. Let me just be real. It takes time to really, really sit back and allow the Lord to teach us how to rest. This is why he said, learn of me. And that's also hard because we were so used to those who are an authority figure to where their learning is more in an instructional and not in a servant way. Christ came to carry the burden. When someone comes and says, no, I'm going to carry majority of this load. You're kind of like, Why? What? Some people, it's hard for them. They they just reject it, especially if, if they're the authority figure. Christ is our savior. What do you mean? You come to, you come to, wait a minute, you died for me. You died for us. And now, no, I got to do some type of work. I got to do, and I'm talking to those specifically who don't know how to rest. Those who don't know how to take his yoke. Some people, it's very easy. And it's not every believer. Some people are like, God is cool. And they may struggle with the part of, no, you got to go through the long suffering. No, you got to learn some patience. You know, we're all going to have our thing. But this is for those who've had to work so intensely or they've seen work as the way of making it. Um, And not in the negative way because work is good. Because the Bible does say faith without works is dead. But if I don't understand God's grace and mercy, I don't understand his gift, then I will believe that it's always my doing that has brought me to my point of salvation. It is always my doing that has brought me to the point of healing. The things that God has graced me to overcome, it is nothing but his grace. He guided me to the right therapist. He told me to go on a a, uh, fast and pray. He was the one. And it was the Holy Spirit that intervened when I was struggling on doing it. So it wasn't Jennifer. It was not me. It was just me saying, Lord, help me in every aspect of this because I see that I'm stuck. And that was when I made the decision of, Lord, this burden is heavy that I'm carrying. I can't carry this anymore. How do you know if you're carrying more than what you need to? If you feel heavy, literally. If you just feel this way, sometimes we can feel a weight spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, and it's just on us. Sometimes you can feel the dark cloud. You can see that it's cloudy. You just see it and you're like, what is this? God is saying, I need you to surrender that. And I wonder if it's hard for you to surrender because you don't know how to be handled with gentleness. The Lord said this in Mark 10 and 45. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus himself is saying, no, I came to serve. I came to do the work. I came to give my life for you. And even after you have accepted salvation, he is still giving himself to you. He is interceding for you. He's like, look, I need you to be yoked with me. What I love is when you do some research on what it meant to be yoked during that time, they will take literally. So I want you to think about a big, um, what's the best way to say it? Kind of like they were like braces where they would put around the neck of the ox. And so when they were trying to teach a young, maybe weaker ox, they would pair it with a stronger one and the strong one would carry the load, but at the same time, train the young one. And that's what the Lord is saying. I need you to be so tied and so connected to me. That's when he said, take my yoke upon me. So that means let go of the other yokes. What are the other yokes? The yoke of your family. Maybe there's traditions or loyalties that you feel obliged to handle. Maybe it's the yoke of maybe the ministry. Because I'm going to say this, not every ministry is for God. Not every ministry is Christ-centered. Jesus is saying, I want you to be so about me. And I love what it says in here when um, an Enduring Word, the commentary is, and for anyone who wants to study more, Enduring Word commentary is a great study tool. There's a lot of great tools out there that I use personally But Enduring Word is really, 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 really good. Um, And it says this regarding uh, taking on the yoke of Jesus. Um, And it says, when someone looks at the yoke of Jesus from a distance, it is easy to get all kinds of wrong ideas about it. But if we would just listen to what Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, we would take it and see what kind of yoke it is. The yoke of Jesus is light as compared with the yoke of others. The yoke of Jesus is easy and light as long as we do not rebel against it. The yoke of Jesus has nothing to do with worries that are forbidden to us. The yoke of Jesus does not include burdens to choose. uh, we choose to add to it. And the yoke of Jesus, and I'm going to add this one because I was reading this somewhere else too, and it talks about how sometimes we are yoked to so many other things that are not Christ. And we're becoming burdened and we're coming tired and we're coming exhausted. And here comes frustration. Here comes anger. Here comes disappointment. Here comes all these things. People just don't leave the church. If we truly see from afar that they were connected to the Lord, and if they just leave, there were small seeds and foxes along the way that were destroying the vine. And this is why I stress so much that I want people to be connected to Christ. I have seen people because they have gone through so much pain at a ministry. They have walked away. Some may say they were never called to be God's chosen. Some may say that is part of their journey that they have to go through. Some may even say, well, the problem was they were too connected to the church and not enough to Christ. At the end of the day, I don't know what it is because only God knows what the end is going to be for that person and where that person's heart is and where it was. But I always encourage people, get connected to Christ. Because if I'm connected to him, if I'm yoked up with him, it does not mean that I will not go through any form of pain, any issues, any trials, any tribulations. It doesn't mean that. But it means I'm so connected to him to where I will not leave him. It is the grace of God and his love and him being yoked to us. Because when we say, God, I'm coming to you, now he has latched on. He has literally taking a brace around our neck and saying, no, you and I, we tight. So when we say, I will not, when the scripture says, let nothing separate us from the love of God, it is Jesus's sacrifice that makes us so connected to him. We cannot connect to God in our own flesh and our own wisdom and our own knowledge. Children are protected. I think about my children. Children are protected when I make sure that they are staying near me. My five-year-old knows he better not cross that street without holding a hand. When we're out and about, no, no, I need to see you. Need to be, I'm talking about on my hip. I need to see you. If if he's at the park, I need to make sure my eyes are on you. As you're getting older, okay, I see you. I need to know these things. Now that's me as a parent, making sure that my child remains connected to to me. So imagine what God is doing to make sure that we are connected to him. Please don't ever think that your relationship with God is based off of your doing. If you have the desire To learn more of Christ, that is the Holy Spirit literally guiding you and whispering and putting seeds in you. That is the Holy Spirit telling you to get closer to Jesus. And I'm getting emotional in this moment because that just lets me know how much God loves us Where he says he will never leave us nor forsake us. So when we rest in the arms of our father and we take on his burden and his yoke, my God, the peace that comes in. Why are you fighting being handled with care? We are far more fragile than what we realize. We need his guidance far more than what we realize. We need his touch and his whisper and his wisdom more than what we realize. Have you ever seen those boxes where it's labeled, "Handle with care, fragile? That's us, us as believers. But I think sometimes because how we were raised or because of our current life, we feel like we are so tough and we have to keep going. And I get it. You know, we sung songs in the church. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Golly, are we always fighting? Yes, there is a spiritual battle that's going on. But thank God for, our, for the angels that have been assigned to us. This is why it's so important for us to understand his word and has got to reveal things to us humbly as a child. So that we can understand his spirit and what's going on in the spirit realm. But it's so interesting when we keep having this mindset of, "I'm always on the battlefield f- fighting for the Lord," as the song says. I don't know what it's like to take up his yoke. I don't know what it's like to take up what he said and actually have rest in him. I, I don't. I don't know that because only thing I know how to do is fight. Only thing I know how to do is work. I have to work for my peace. For the word says in Philippians 4, and I'm coming from the uh, uh, NLT version, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. I love when the King James Version says, because it surpasses all understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Once again, Christ is telling us to take up his yoke and learn of him. Some of us, we only know how to work and fight, and do everything ourselves under our own. So when it is time for us to be handled with care, it is time for us to actually experience the peace and the gentleness of God. We reject it. Because the only thing we know is how to get it. I think also this grind culture that we have specifically in America, it is not good. We are not meant to grind ourselves down to where we're unrecognizable. We are supposed to lift ourselves up. Yes, some things will have to be broken off of us. Yes, some things will have to come off of us, all those things. And even in what I'm saying, it does not mean that you will not have to work for stuff. It does not mean that you will not have to be tested and tried in things. But some of these burdens that we are carrying, God did not desire us to have that. There is a peace that he desires for us to have, but he says, "Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about everything." This is Philippians four and six. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then he, then you will experience God's peace. You don't have to work for it, but there is an exchange. Just like what Jesus says, come unto me. There's an exchange. I have to come to him. I have to make the decision. I have to go to him in prayer. I have to come to him in worship. I have to lay down anything in prayer and say, this is what's going on. So that I can begin to experience what God's peace is. That no one can truly understand. No one can truly explain we can't do So we can be like, you know, God's peace is, like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I have experienced a peace of God on, on on levels that's insane and I really don't know how to articulate it. I really don't. There, there are times to where I've tried to find the wor- words and I've always like, God, give me the word so I can help others to to feel it, to see it. But sometimes God is like, they have to experience so they have to desire more of me than their issue. They have the desire, this gentleness that I can give more than just this hard work and labor that's draining them, that's making them so exhausted. It says his peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. There is a mindset that comes into being yoked with Christ. There is a mindset that comes along to where we're thinking of the goodness. Have you ever seen people who just really love the Lord and they're just so positive and all these wonderful things? There has been a renewing of their minds in Christ Jesus. You see how scriptures tied together. God's promises are real. God can transform us, but we have to come to Him. And as we close this out, I really want to end on this last group of scriptures that I feel is pivotable. Pivotal pivotal. What's the wrong? I'm saying the word wrong, but y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying it wrong. I'm having a tongue. I'm doing a little tongue twister over here. I'm chopping over my words, but I truly believe it is so important for us to think about this being handled with care. And as I read these scriptures, I pray that whatever emotion comes up, that you sit in it. What do I mean, sit in it? I mean, don't Shoo it away, explain it away, pray it away, examine it, whatever. Just sit. Allow this emotion to come up. We're going to read Ma- um, excuse me, John 13, and we are going to start at uh, verse 1. And we're going to end on verse 8. And it says this. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that, our, that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas and the son of, the son of Simon Issacrat to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the mill, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that meal, excuse me, after that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So this is when I want you to start to imagine. Jesus, right before he's going to the cross, he already knows the plan of his father. He knows it's time for him to go back to be with God. He has taken off the very clothes that he have, that was around his body and wrapped it around his waist so that he can begin to wash the disciples' feet. So I want you to imagine yourself sitting down and the Lord is washing your feet. And this is what Simon says. He said, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replies, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you should never wash my feet. This is some of us. No, 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 no. Don't wash my feet. No, that's not, no, no, no. You, You don't serve me like that. No, that's not what you do. But Jesus responded and said this. Jesus answered. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless I cleanse you, you have no part with me. So, yes, we have to accept Christ as our Savior. And this is what it's talking about. He said, Accept me. I need to cleanse you. So we say, God, you've cleansed me from my sins while I'm accepting you as my Savior. But imagine Him washing your feet with gentleness, with love, with care. And he's saying, I want to wash you from a certain mentality that has kept you bound for so long. I want to wash you from a certain habit that has kept you away from the things that you truly desire. Let me wash you from your past experiences that has kept you from embracing new experiences and new relationships. Let me wash you from that. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me. Whatever emotion and thought process is coming up, thought processes is coming up, please, please sit in it. Don't explain it away. Don't dismiss it. Don't diminish it, but really sit there and allow the Holy Spirit to bring up whatever emotional thoughts, whatever that's coming out of you. Because for some of us, this is humbling. Some of us is making us weep, but some of us, we can't even imagine Jesus washing our feet because we're like, no, I don't deserve that. So when you are rejecting his love and rejecting his gentleness and rejecting him handling you with care, what are you accepting? Are you accepting that life just has to be this hard? That life just always has to be so strenuous. You can't trust anybody, even those that you know, God has sent your way. Yes, there's wisdom with trusting people. We should truly only trust God himself because we can't even trust ourselves according to the word of God. The Bible likes that unto a fool. But you're coming from a place of pain, not from a place of wisdom. Because wisdom speaks differently. Wisdom draws you closer to God while pain keeps you in your corner. When God laid this on my heart, I didn't know exactly what, you know, the Lord always reveals things. As time goes along, but I just remember really just allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of take me on this mental spiritual journey of conversations that I've had and what people are dealing with and the Lord prophetically allowing me to see just a little bit. Because the Bible does say we prophesy in part and we know in part. We're able to see what was happening in the spirit and understand and give wisdom on discerning what is happening during this season. And I just feel outside of everything that people have gone through. Unfortunately, too many people are battling depression right now because of coming out of the pandemic and they have either lost jobs, lost loved ones because of all that has happened in the last few years, but there's this anger and this bitterness that has been hovering over the body of just people, right? We see it in our politics. We see it in the wars. We see it in the protests, but there's anger and bitterness that's not coming out in action, but is actually resting in us. And as believers, as believers, we have to see what mentality what habits have I taken on from childhood or life experiences that is not the truth and the hope of God? But we have to take time to examine ourselves. I pray that you have received something. I pray that you have gained something from this and really to take on the yoke of God in all areas and understanding that that is a process, that is time, that is spending time with him throughout your life. God, it will, he is so beautiful and so gentle with us where he's constantly revealing things to us in time and in season. He will not unload it all on us because he knows that we can't handle it. But just like the loving savior that he is, he will gently give it to us step by step. He's a wonderful father. And that's what good parents do. They see where their child is and they're able to reveal or give them lessons according to where they are in their maturity and where they're about to walk into, right? What's the season that they, that as parents, that we have to prepare our children for? So imagine what God does that is greater than any ability that we have. So, you know what we always do? We always wrap with prayer. And my prayer is for anyone that is heavy and you are holding a lot. People have placed a lot of burdens on you. You have placed a lot of burdens on yourself. And you don't know where to go. And God is saying, I need you to come to me. Jesus says, come unto me all, not some, but all. does not matter how long you've been with God. If you do not know God, if this is your first time even hearing about Jesus, this is when Jesus is saying, I need you to come to me. And I will give you rest. First prayer is for anyone who does not know Jesus as their personal Savior. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. You are the Savior of this world. I ask you to come into my life. I repent of my sins and I accept you as my Savior, my Lord, my God, and my friend. In the name of Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer, you are now saved. God gave his life for you so that you can proclaim and through faith and confession, know that you are saved. The second prayer is for those who have been walking with God, but you know that you're carrying a lot. This was the Lord allowing you to hear me through the Holy Spirit saying, it's time to exchange. Give him your heavy burden and take up his yoke. Learn of him, learn his character. If you're like I'm, already in the Word, I just challenge you or encourage you. That's the better word. I encourage you to take a step back when you're studying your Word of God. Just study Jesus for a little bit. Maybe you were in the Book of Ecclesiastes or something. I don't know. You may have been in the Old Testament somewhere, or maybe you were in in Philippians. You know, you listen to the great apostles and the great teachers uh, during that time. But learn of Christ. Let's start with what he said. Let's start with how he moved and what he desires for the relationship. Just you and him. Just you and him. Just you and God. What does Christ want? Lord, I ask that you come to each and every one of us who proclaim you as our Savior. I ask that you come to each and every one of us who call you Father who call you our Lord, our healer, our deliverer. We are carrying a lot. Some of these things are things that we have carried since childhood. Some of these things are things that we have picked up in our adult life from relationships, from just challenges and we have not released it. And you are telling us that it is now time to exchange. We need to give over our heavy burdens and take on yours because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. That scripture alone lets us know that it does not mean that we will not carry things and that we will not go through things, but it's a likeness to it because you are doing the heavy lifting. You are the one who is fighting our battles. You are the one who goes before us in all things. So help us to shift our mindset, reposition the way we see things so that we can see you in all things. You are such a gracious and loving father. And we thank you for all that you are doing and what you have done and what you are going to do. We rejoice in us living a life that is light and full of your peace that surpasses all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds. We love you. We praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I love you all so much. I appreciate everything. You all continue to pray for me as I'm praying for you. And I will talk to you next week.